What's going on, y'all? This is Kelly Clarkson. Welcome to Miss Into Podcast, the Kelly Clarkson fan podcast. The very first podcast dedicated to the original idol, Kelly Clarkson. Here are your hosts, Jeremy and Pam. Welcome to Miss Into Podcasts, the Kelly Clarkson fan podcast. And as far as I've been told, Pam, it is the one and only. Uh, I am Jeremy. And I am Pam. Um, yes, I I believe it's the only Kelly fan podcast out there or anything remotely about her yeah. <laughs> that she is not on yet. I do have to admit that when we first started talking about starting the podcast and I did my due diligence and searches online, I thought, OK, you know, maybe I'll check out a couple other podcasts about Kelly and just see what they're talking about and how they do their thing. And I was legitimately surprised to see that there wasn't one. In fact, there's a there is a distinct lack of podcasts that are dedicated to specific music artists, which I was really surprised about because, um, and this is sort of a complete non sequitur to whatever we're talking about today. But, um, (laughs) when I was in college, I taught myself web design by designing a Dave Matthews band fan website. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And, uh, And this was, of course, when, you know, access to being able to design your own pages was still pretty early. But even by the time and this was like 1997. And by the time I started mine, there were already at least a dozen of them. And so I was very like compared to that, I was very late to the game. And so I'm actually really surprised that. Fans of musicians and artists have not jumped into the whole podcast game, especially for the fact that everyone's been shut down for basically the last year. There's nothing else to do but to chat with friends about like topics on Zoom. And so why wouldn't there be a whole mess of artist podcasts? So I'm actually a little surprised to see that we were one of the few that that come out of COVID. I've seen a lot of ones that are just dedicated to like pop music and maybe mm-hmm. they'll do like an episode or a segment on Kelly. And I've seen that like on social media and even when you just like search her name in Apple podcasts, but yeah, there hasn't been anything specifically about her, but you know what? I'm fine. Yeah. I like being, I like that we're the OG. Yes. So I'm totally cool with that. <laughs> exactly. I'm fine with that. Before we get started this week with our main topic, we need to talk about the new music that Kelly is featured in this week. It's the new song from Jake Hoot, I Would Have Loved You. And, you know, they've obviously been teasing this song for a week or two. They were putting out little teasers online. And we now have the full song. Pam, your initial thoughts about this collaboration with The Voice Guy. The Voice Guy. Her voice sounds (laughs) uh, stellar. Not that it ever doesn't, but I don't know, something about it. I think the fact, you know, he's a great singer. Obviously, he won The Voice. He has a ton of talent. Uh But I feel like his range isn't crazy. And that's not a bad Mm -hmm. thing. It's not. It's just, you know, some people have a bigger range than others. But her range, as we know, is like insane. So... Um, I love her parts because she's just all over the place and she's just hitting mm-hmm. all these crazy high notes. And yeah, I, I liked it. I had to listen to it a few times for it to like the, for the melody to get familiar in my head. Cause the first time I heard it, I kind of forgot what it sounded like 10 minutes later. Yeah. That's sort of a good example of what I was going to say about this song is in it's going to sound meaner than I mean it to sound, but this is kind of a forgettable song in that there isn't anything with this song that 
really stands out as, you know, one of those songs that you're going to remember forever. I would imagine that in a year or so, we're going to be saying, oh, yeah, and remember she did a song with Jake Hoot because that just is sort of how this song feels to me. Um, again, like you said, yes, he's a really good singer. But for me, in a country genre, he does not have a voice that stands out to me. One that when you hear it, you instantly go, that's Jake Hoot. Like, granted, yes, he's a new artist. He doesn't have a big cachet of music. We don't have a bunch of, you know, examples of what his voice sounds like, but he just sounds like a baseline male country singer. Pop music is kind of going through this, too, where there are a lot of female singers Mm -hmm. and artists who sound very similar to where you turn on the radio and you're like, I don't know if that's, you know, insert pop singer one, pop singer two, pop singer three. So he he has to do something to really make his voice and make him stand out. I totally agree with you. I think that Kelly's parts were all really, really good. I mean, she's going to, she's going to bring it on every song that she participates in, but yes, I do think that the song is a little forgettable. I don't think there's anything about it that says, you know, this is the next, don't you want to stay? Uh, I don't see it, you know, really having any major longevity. That's again, and I feel bad saying that, but I feel like it's sort of our responsibility as fans slash. I mean, are we calling ourselves critics? Eh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Why not? Sure. Um, you know, I, I want to be real about it. I don't want to sit here and be like, oh, we're the Kelly Clarkson uh, podcast. We're going to be homers for every single solitary thing she does. I mean, we talk about songs that we think are big whiffs and songs that just didn't work for us. And we got to do it here, too, um, if that's how we're feeling about this particular song. Again, it's a serviceable song. It's a good song. Uh, I just don't see it really uh, standing the test of time. I think one problem that there is going to be with the song, I think, and especially once the gossip blogs get a hold of it, is they are going to really read into these lyrics. And, you know, we're going to start seeing headlines of amidst messy divorce, Kelly Clarkson releases cutting new song with voice winner. And then they'll probably be like one of those blogs that's like, Kelly and Jake, a new item. Just with like uh, with Brett Eldridge, there are all these things flying around. I'm like, she's allowed to interact with men, you know. Yes, and And sing with them. And sing with them. Yeah, she didn't even write the song. I, you know, I thought she would have with this title, but nope, she didn't write it. Um, was gonna say the one thing that was a little weird, and I, I definitely saw some people online writing about this, was that I think there's about a minute or so left in the song, and then it kind of gets really quiet. But it gets it has kind of a false ending. But it gets quiet too long because, like, I'm cool with like you know the two three seconds quiet and then like the big like you know eruption of the final chorus. Mm-hmm. This was like a little too long of silence, and then they blew up into it, and it really was a false ending. So whoever produced this, that was not the best. Um, <laughs> granted, the last part of the song is fantastic, and I think it's the best part of the song. But yeah, they needed to cut that little. Um, bit out like a couple seconds shorter because I was like oh the song's over then all of a sudden they're like belting I'm like oh okay there's more but wait there's you more and I are yeah. on the, you, you and I are on the same page I thought the exact same thing it was a, a very sort of big head fake of an ending and then yes the vocal that happens from that point to the end of the song is very very strong it is also my favorite part of the song just because of the of the the 
lengths that they're going to and the and the notes that they're hitting. So I agree. I am completely in step with you on that one. I thought it was a weird false ending. It, it, it fooled me probably the first three times I listened to the song. And finally, I started to sort of expect that it was coming. And uh, then it was, you know, more of a, a, a complete listen to the song without me getting in my own head about, oh, this song is over. Wait, no, it's not. Just kidding. It's still going. Yeah. Uh, but yes, I totally agree. I'm just and, and I'm going back to my my point before. I'm just I'm not I'm not looking forward to the news cycle of, you know, gossip blogs reading too much into the lyrics of that song. And again, like you said, she didn't even write it. But of course, that's not going to matter to bloggers who are just trying to get clicks. So yeah. if you start seeing those headlines, don't pay attention. No. Nope. And I, I will say we're recording this a few days. You know, we're not recording this the day this comes out, obviously. So um, yeah. the music video, it well, by the time this comes out, it would have been out for a day. But for us, it's coming out tomorrow. Uh-huh. So I'm excited about that. I saw people. I saw yeah. some people online that were like, "Oh my god, where's the music video? Why wouldn't it come out with the song?" I'm like, guys, I remember back in like the breakaway days, you'd have to wait like a month or two from when the song first became a single from when you get the video. Like, yeah, two, three days is nothing. Like, I was expecting like weeks. Yeah, because that was a thing. And, and, yeah, we've gotten very spoiled. Spoiled. In that people think that the moment you release a song, you know, the, the song comes out on streaming services, it's on the radio, there's a video. That's just not the way that it actually works. And I think there's been, you know, a couple of artists who have sort of ruined that to where they've, they've upped the anticipation and they've upped the expectations for how a single rolls out. I mean, the first person that I can think of is Taylor Swift. I mean, she has done that with the folklore and the Evermore releases where, you know, she drops the song and then there's a lyric video to go with it. And there's all this other stuff that goes with it when that's not actually how most artists operate. So, yeah, there's uh, there was a reason. And there's I mean, look, we're also still in a pandemic, too. So let's give everybody a little break if, you know, everything doesn't drop all at the exact same time. Anyway, so today we are doing a an episode that's going to be a recurring topic here on the podcast. It's called Mailbag. Mm-hmm. And basically it's listener questions. So we had we did this a couple months ago. We had an overwhelming amount of questions, which was awesome, yes. but we couldn't get to all of them. Um I think the that first episode even was a very long episode, even with only like yes. seven or eight questions. So yes. we went back and looked at some of the other questions you had asked, and we're going to answer some of them today. And we also Woo-hoo. got in some uh, some new ones as well. So we're excited That's to true. get in here and answer some questions. Yeah. Uh, do you want to start us sure. off, Pam? Sure. I have to pull this up. I wasn't pre- I wasn't prepped. Hold oh, on, you're guys. fine. Um, okay. So we're going to go with the first. I'm not going in order of my, my email just because I like to make things complicated. Why not? Um, why not? So first, we're going to go with a very hot topic, mm-hmm. always. Favorite music video? Ooh. And this is from, who's this from? This is from Ashley. Favorite music video? This is hard. I have two in mind. Do you want to go first? Uh, sure, I can go first. Uh, you know, the first one that comes into mind for me, for some reason, is the low music video. Um, and I think it's just because I really loved how she looked just in I mean, I know it's very, like shallow to just be like, oh, she looked really pretty. (laughs) 
But I, I really, really loved her whole aesthetic in that video. You know, she's wearing kind of like the vintage rock shirt and she's got like one of my favorite haircuts that she's ever had is sort of that. And then Pam, you're gonna have to help me here because I don't know haircuts, but you know, it's sort of like that. It's long-ish, but it's not, I mean, it's not even shoulder length and it's kind of like spiky out the back and um, it might have still even had a little bit of the multicolors in it. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's actually been a minute since I've watched that video, but uh, I even remember that my avatar on the Express was a shot from that video for the longest time. Uh, it may actually still even be. I, I can't even remember what my avatar is now, but um there's just something about that video that I really, really love. I just love the whole aesthetic of it. I love that uh, there's a behind the scenes to the video that we can access and we can watch. Uh, so that, you know, sort of it just makes me like the video all the more to see the process of, of how they created it, uh, especially when it comes to the whole scene where she kicks the Jeep off of what is supposed to be a cliff or something. Um <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, low is is definitely one of my favorite videos. Um, I'm trying to stay away from sort of the the big hit song videos because it's like, okay, it's very easy to be like, oh, yeah, since you've been gone is a great video and Miss Independence, a fun video, uh, which they are. But um, if I had to go further, I might say I might say people like us. I also like that video. That's a good one. Yeah. People forget about that. Yeah, just for the whole um, the whole special effects of it. Uh, it was just a real solid looking video. She was looking good in that video again, which I mean, show me a video when Scientist she really did Clarkson. Exactly. Yes. Which I am here for. Um, me too. I mean, give me the, the lab coat and the glasses and oh yes, <laughs> I'm all about it uh, for sure. So yeah, I think if, uh, if you, if you had to nail me down to, to a couple of videos, I think those two would uh, be the first that came to mind for me. Nice. As far as the haircut, it was really funny you mentioned that because my friends and I last night were like my roommates, we were talking about like haircuts and like I haven't got my haircut in like a year just because hashtag quarantine life. Yep. And it's it's looking pretty uh, it's looking pretty, pretty, pretty sad now. <laughs> um, and I was just thinking like I've I've told Jeremy I've been watching um, Veronica Mars a lot recently yes. and I'm like. Who he's a big fan, big. and I'm like kind of getting back into that like mid 2000s like aesthetic, which might be terrible, but I'm kind of here for it. I kind of want to bring back some of that fashion. <laughs> um, and I was thinking about I want to cut my hair, and I was kind of thinking of that low haircut. I'm like, it's kind of like a, it's kind of shaggy, it's like mm-hmm. layered. I'm probably not doing it just because I can't commit to that, but. I was like, I can be behind this, but I was thinking about getting that haircut last night. But, I would co-sign um, that for you. I think it would look stellar. I would not get. Thank you. I would not get the blonde choppy highlights because uh-huh. that I'm that I'm not on board with at the moment. Yeah. I mean, if you're into it, go go for it. I I'm not for me. But anyway, I'm done talking about haircuts. <laughs> my music videos. But we digress. Um, my music videos. I'm also torn between two. I think the obvious one. Not obvious, but like I feel like a very popular one is Hazel Eyes. It's just mm-hmm. like super stunning. She looks great. Um, just the whole aesthetic being that gothic church vibe. Um, you know, her in the wedding dress is iconic. Yeah. Um, I think it's probably one of her most famous music videos and most like recognized ones. Was that the was um, that the Joseph Kahn directed video? Yes. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it was, I think, the first time she worked with him. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good as choice. You know, Dan, yeah, Dan Dan Levy from Schitt's Creek was in the was a was an extra. <laughs> That's right. so, so many good things about it. Yeah. Um my other my other one would be 
a song that I kind of crapped on last week. <laughs> Again, I love the song, but the video is just chef's kiss. Stellar. I do not hook up. Oh, yeah. I, I thought about that when I was sort of running through the videos in my head. I thought, you know, OK, I'm going through all the singles and I'm like, I do not hook up. Oh, yeah. The Pam might talk about that one. So I'll just I'll pick another one. <laughs> oh, good. Good memory. Um, I mean, it's probably the vi- the video of hers that has like the most like acting, I guess. Like, mm-hmm. I get maybe that maybe that's up for debate, but like there's like a lot of like characters and like dialogue and that's not usually a thing in her videos. There's a lot of personality. Typically. There's a lot of personality yeah. for her in that video. There's a lot of schmuck personality in I the mean, beginning, but it's yeah. really funny. But I but I am all I mean I forever am all about the crawling across the table. Car- and like making out with a random like waiter yeah. like and then and then a couple minutes later falling drunkenly off of off of a bar. Yes. Like I kind of love it. Um, luckily, it's not in her daily life, but for acting purposes, I'm all about that. Yeah. Um, so that will always just be. I haven't seen that video in years, and I really think as soon as we're done with this episode, I need to go watch it. Yeah. Just go down a video is, rabbit hole. It's incredible. Yeah. It's so funny. So awesome. those are my 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 choices. Very nice. All right. Thank you very much for the question, Ashley. Uh, I'm going to take uh, Dan's question here. Favorite concert opening sequence. Uh, this is one thing you that, start. Yeah, this is one thing that she does do very well. Um, I mean, I, I, I've seen every show with the exception of the original Idol tour and the mini tour. And I have to say the most recent ones have been really good. Um, I think the most I would say the most intricate was probably piece by piece with that big giant like glass wall and the whole like movement that it did uh, at the beginning of the show. Um, But if I had to pick a favorite, I might I might go with meaning of life. Yeah. That's I think a solid I, I, choice. Yeah, and I, just because I liked the and, and she, this was not the first time that she sort of did the the career introspective uh, at the start of the show. It was actually the second time she's done it. Um, but for some reason, with it ending with her popping up and doing a moment like this, uh, there was just some really cool synergy with that. I I really dug it. You know, people were hyped every time the the pre roll video started, and it sort of walked back her career. Um, they tended to try to grab a couple of songs that maybe weren't necessarily in the set list, um, but they did definitely. I mean, just did a really really good job in in whole. Um, yeah, I, I, I think it's uh, and granted, it's, you know, it's sort of unfair because it's the most recent one that I can think of. But I I really did like that whole vibe of them walking her career back and then, you know, her coming out and sort of singing what started it all. So, yeah, I think I would go with the Meaning Life tour. Yeah, um, I feel like some other honorable mentions I want to mention are my December. It wasn't necessarily the most elaborate opening. Basically, it was like she was like quote unquote wearing the red dress yeah. from the album cover. Yeah. And they kind of had like the little stairs from mm-hmm. the cover. Mm-hmm. And they had this like remix version of was it Irvine, I think? Mm-hmm. I think it was I think, Irvine I think you're that right. was like it was like a club version of Irvine, which is a little <laughs> a little weird saying that. It worked. And then immediately it went to one minute. So like I I feel like there could have been more done with with Irvine. Obviously, she doesn't want to like revisit it every night. I get that. Um, But I thought it was cool, like recreating the album cover. Um, That was an honorable mention, as was um, 
the two worlds two voices which i think i mentioned like a week or two ago i just loved hearing sweet dreams uh-huh. it was just really fun yeah but i think i'm gonna agree with you i think meaning of life was my favorite um i also never thought she, i would ever hear her sing a moment like this live because she yeah. always like said how much she just didn't love the song so i was so shocked when i first saw like heard that was going to be in the set list the opening yeah. acapella yeah. like oh my god sign me up and then it went into my favorite meaning a life track which was the title track uh-huh. so yeah i went a little crazy every night i you know it's funny i was actually a little disappointed to hear that she was singing a moment like this when she started off the Meaning of Life tour. And this sort of uh, will dovetail into sort of a question that I want to sort of throw out um, in that I liked the opening sequence of the show, Meaning of Life. I did not love the song choice. And this is mostly just me being selfish because I was at the show uh, in Springfield, Missouri. It was the 10th anniversary of her Idol win. And she had a show the night after that date, it was like it was like September 5th or or maybe it was September 3rd. It was around the date that she won American Idol and the fan. She got inundated with fan requests for that night for a moment like this because it was the 10th anniversary. And so she relented and she sang it and she did it, you know, from top to bottom. And I was really hoping since I was at that show, I was like, maybe this is one of the last times we see her sing that song. And then when I heard that she was opening the Meaning of Life tour with it, I was like, ah, come on. I wanted it to be the last one. So but you still had something special because, like, you got the full version. We got, yeah. like, a little acapella snippet. That's fair. So think of it that way. <clears throat> yeah, that's fair. I, I get that. Um, yeah. But I will actually say that my favorite first opening song for a tour definitely goes to Piece by Piece tour with Dance With Me. I thought that was a fantastic first choice of a song for a show. And it just kind of set the mood. It was a big up-tempo song. And so I really, really loved that for uh, for the first song. So for some reason, if we could take the opening to the Meaning of Life tour and then have her just dovetail into Dance With Me, even though it doesn't make sense with the whole career retrospective, <laughs> that would have been perfect for me. But yeah, I think that's yeah. fine. Now, do you have – because I know, again, you, you listed off a couple of them that you really loved as far as the first songs. Do you have one that you kind of love the most? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I think I'm going to go with Meaning of Life tour again. I mentioned that Meaning of Life was aside from <laughs> like, I guess we'll say that's the first, I don't know. I don't know what you consider the first song. A moment like this or Meaning of Life, yeah. I guess, whatever. But I mean, I would consider it a moment like tour. this. I mean, that's, it's the first song in the set list. Honestly, I had never seen it live before. Uh, I don't think so, because my first show was in 2007. So I like missed out on all those early fun years. And I never thought I would ever hear it live because she'd always said how much she didn't like it. Yeah. So when I first heard it in New York on the Meaning of Life tour, I was like, oh, my God, it's really happening. Yeah. Um, oh, I can't believe it's happening to me. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, next question. Yes. Move on. <laughs> uh, moving on. So the next question I'll choose is. Um, I hope I'm pronouncing your name right. Yoel, Yoel, Yoel. I'm going to say Yoel. Sorry uh-huh. if I'm saying it wrong. Um, is there a guest you would like to see on Kelly's show? Well, there's probably, there are a few I would definitely love to see. Yes. Um, I guess my first one, my, like, my celebrity crush, I would love to see Paul Rudd on there. I just, oh, yeah. I'm a sucker for Paul Rudd. And I don't even know if he's coming out with anything anytime soon, but I would just love to see. 
that chemistry. Um, he's, he's, bound, he's bound to have another uh, Ant-Man movie at some point. Yeah, or, there has to be another Ant-Man. It's or, been a few years. Or so. some kind of romantic comedy that he gets put into and yep. looks like he's 20. I know. I don't know how he does it, but I'm <laughs> on board. Um, John Hamm's another one. Mm-hmm. Again, I don't even know if John Hamm's doing anything. I just love him. Um, if we're going for the females, I... I'm a big fan of Sophia Bush and, mm-hmm. um, you know, I was one step, I was, I was close when Hillary Burren was on the show. That was a great interview. Um, but I'm, I'm also, I love Hillary and I'm also a big Sophia Bush fan. Um, I feel like they would have like a fairly serious conversation and I feel like that could be fun. Yeah. Like interesting, not fun. I don't know. Fun's not the right word, but like interesting to hear. Um, cause you know, I don't know. Sophia's really big into like, just like advocating for whatever she's like a like believer in whatever yeah um i don't know if i'm making sense but like she's very passionate and i like i appreciate that so um i'm also a big fan these are like really random celebrities i'm throwing out there but i'm also a big fan of busy phillips who if anyone's not familiar with her she's she's an actress she Mm -hmm. was in a bunch of awesome movies tv shows she was in um white chicks she was in freaks and geeks um, bunch of cool stuff. Anyway, she was one of the first people who made Instagram stories a thing, like yeah. made them like she became like really like even more well known because of that. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't even a fan of hers. And then I like found her on Instagram and I was like, oh, my God, I'm I love this woman. Um, and now she's like one of my favorite celebrities. Her book is awesome. And. I just would love to see that 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 banter. Yes, so, I threw out some really random celebrities that have nothing to do with Kelly. Sorry, guys. No, that's. I think it's fine. I mean, look. <laughs> she, I mean, look. She has a talk show, so she is going to have get a randoms. whole. Yeah, she's going to have a whole weird gamut of it. Um, I I think that first of all, before I I talk about my particular celebrities, I think that you're going to see the caliber of celebrities on Kelly's show increase um and i'm making this prediction now so it's it's january of 2021 i think by this time next year we're going to see the caliber of celebrity vastly improve on her show and i'm not saying that she hasn't had a list stars cuz she definitely has but as a new show um you know she didn't start right away with you know a whole you know, season full of A-listers, you know, she got a couple to kick off her show. You know, she had Steve Carell and The Rock on her very first show. And um, and and that's great. But, you know, she's also sort of getting sort of the the B and C level celebrities. And the way that it kind of works in entertainment is that when publicists are putting together publicity tours for celebrities, they pick out they have very, you know, specific shows that they pick out. Um, you know, there are some celebrities. And, and and agencies who are very uh, they're very loyal to certain late night shows. So, you know, they will pick uh, Fallon over Colbert or they will pick Corden over Seth Meyers. Uh, so it, it sort of depends on what the relationships are behind yeah. the scenes. And there are definitely a lot of people when it comes to daytime talk shows. Ellen has sort of been the first stop, like, okay, I got to do a daytime talk show. It's like 
Kelly and Ryan and Ellen, like that's where you're yep. going to see the really A-list big time celebrities. And before Ellen, it was the Oprah show. And I really think that now that you're seeing Ellen's ratings decline, and I mean, we I think we've all seen the articles talking about how Kelly's show is sort of the heir apparent to Ellen. I think you're going to see over the course of the next year, those relationships change. And especially as Kelly's reputation for being literally one of the nicest people in the entertainment industry, you're going to see the caliber of celebrity continue to get bigger and bigger so that you don't have these, you know, two or three days in between where, you know, and I'm just throwing out names here, not, you know, actual guests who may or may not have been on the show. But, you know, you will start to get days where you get a Will Smith one day and then the next day you get Chris Evans and then you get a Justin Timberlake instead of, you know, tertiary characters from, you know, popular movies or whatever. They do a great, I mean, look, the booking office at the Kelly Clarkson show does a fantastic job. They get really interesting people. And in fact, you know, sort of going back into the actual answering of the question, a couple of the people that I have really wanted to see on the show have been on the show. I was really excited to see her sit down. And again, we go back to talking about Veronica Mars. I really wanted to see her with Kristen Bell. And she did have Kristen on the show. In fact, this I was, forgot about that. I think she actually had her prior. Did she have her prior to like going to Montana? Because I feel like they were on the same couch together. Or maybe she had her once she was back in the studio. I don't remember off the top of my head, but because everything, I mean, there's so many shows and they all run together. And, um, but I, I'm pretty sure she didn't have her like on a video screen. Uh, but that was a huge show for me because I'm such a fan of Christian Bell and I'm obviously such a fan of Kelly that it was so awesome to see the two of them together. Um, also another one that I was really wishing for, and maybe some fans are going to groan at this, but I was really looking forward to the Carrie Underwood episode. Because I, you know, we we joke that, you know, you never see them both in the same room, you know, in that like one red <laughs> carpet that we got, everyone like lost their minds. I was really, really looking forward to that show. And I have to say, I'm, I was very disappointed. Uh, yeah, I've heard n- a lot of people complain that. Never mind the fact. Just, yeah. That, their chemistry didn't click. Yeah, they don't. I mean, I can say nice things. I will only say nice things. I will say nice <laughs> things. Um Yes, I agree with that. Um, but I was disappointed because I thought, okay, what a great opportunity. I, I know Carrie was on there promoting her Christmas album. What a missed opportunity to have the two duet. And it's not like Kelly hasn't duetted with somebody who's on one of the monitors before. It can be done. And maybe it was, maybe it wasn't even asked of Carrie or maybe it was something from her people that said, don't even ask her to sing or don't ask her to duet or anything. Cause she's not about that life. Um, because I mean, that would have been, if there was ever an opportunity where we were going to have a duet between the two of them, that was it. And that was the reason I tuned in. Uh, and of course they would have probably promoted that, that they were going to yeah. do it together. Cause that, I mean, that would have been huge ratings right there. Uh, so we, I think we kind of knew that wasn't going to happen, but I was really, really disappointed to see her, uh, not, I don't know. There was just something about that interview that just felt very, I don't want to say uncomfortable because it wasn't uncomfortable, but it was just like, man, like, Give us something to work with here, Carrie. Like Kelly, you can see Kelly like trying, like she's really like laughing at her jokes. And but like, 
I, I mean, I love Carrie Underwood. I think she's a fantastic person and a fantastic performer. But sometimes um, she does not come across as very personable in interviews. And especially when you're talking with somebody like Kelly, who is so warm and welcoming and personable, like you would have thought that it would just come out of her and they would have just acted like old friends. And it just right. it didn't it didn't really happen that way. Um so, yeah. So a couple of mine have actually already sort of happened. Um, if I had to pick some, you know, wish list stuff, uh, I'm a big Seth Green fan. He doesn't have a whole lot going on right now. Um, for those of you. Throwback. Yeah. If you don't if you don't know him, he um, he was in a lot of really funny movies. He was uh, Dr. Evil's son in some of the in one of the Austin Powers movies. Uh, he does the voice of Chris Griffin on Family Guy. Uh, he was in one of my favorite teen comedy movies, Can't Hardly Wait. Um, and so he he has a long career and he's a he's a really, really talented guy. And I would love to see the two of them interview. Um, also, and again, I don't have her entire guest list ever memorized, but has she had Brie Larson on yet? Oh, I can't remember. I don't remember either. If if you know for sure, I'll probably look it up after the show. But if you know for sure, let us know in in our uh, in the comments or in, or on social media. But uh, I would love to see the two of them talk. Uh, I think that she is another person who is super who is super like bubbly and funny and kind. And I would really love to see uh, the two of them on there. And then you know, are you? Go I was ahead. Say, are you familiar with Brie Larson's music career? No, I'm only familiar with her singing in uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the world. So it's really I'm just going to interrupt for one second. Yeah. yeah. About Brie Larson, um, just because I just remember like when I was like really becoming a big Kelly fan, like 2004, 2005, I was glued to there's like there was an I think I think it still exists, but they may have rebranded it. But there was a channel um, on MTV it was called MTV Hits and they just played music videos 24 yeah. seven. So I was weird. And would watch con. This was pre YouTube people. I would watch constantly for hours, hoping to see a Kelly video. <laughs> you don't know how good we have it now by <laughs> just going on YouTube and just watching a music video. It wasn't like that. Um, and I remember seeing this a music video that you know for this song called "She Said" by this girl named Brie Larson, and I'm like, oh, well, okay. It was a fun, catchy song, and it was the only song. She, I mean, she put out an album, and it was the first and last album she ever put out. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden she's a freaking huge movie star. And I'm yeah. like, but who remembers her 2005 hit? She said <laughs> no one does. It's on Spotify. It's probably on Apple. Um, I don't think she likes to talk about it, but that would be really funny if Kelly ever brought it up. I'm definitely going to have to go like back. It's not like the best song, but she was probably like, what, like 15 at the time. Yeah. So I have to give her a little anyway, go ahead. Yeah, I would definitely, I'll have to definitely go back and, and watch that. Uh, a couple other people, uh, another one who I know she has had on the show and it was a really, really funny segment. I love Alison Brie. Uh, if you know her oh, from, yeah, what, Mad Men, Mad Men community. I mean, I love community. Community is one of my all time favorite shows and she was so good on that. And uh, she was also in glow on Netflix. Uh, oh, that's she, right, the wrestling show. Yeah, she, she has been on the show with Kelly. In fact, if, look it up on YouTube. If you get a chance, she and Kelly do this really hilarious segment where they're trying to make balloon animals. <laughs> And it's, it's great. really, really funny. Um, so, yeah, I loved seeing her on the show. Uh, I, I mean, if I'm going to go with some big names, Emma Watson. Oh, nice. Just as a, as a big Harry Potter fan. And uh, I mean, just to see Kelly and Belle together. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I feel like River would definitely appreciate that. Um, who have been my favorite and least favorite guests? My least favorite, I, I mean... 
there's no one on the show that I've been like, oh, that was awful. You know, I don't really have that strong of feelings towards really anyone. But mm-hmm. um, I was kind of disappointed with her interview with Matt LeBlanc. Mm. Kind of random. So he's Joey from Friends, for those who don't know. Yeah. And obviously, you know, an actor is not necessarily his role. I get that. Um, I just, for, for some reason, his interview, it kind of seemed like he didn't want to be there or he was just kind of like very blase about the whole thing. And I was kind of a turnoff and I was really upset because I love Friends. I think it's a fantastic show. I think he has been disappointed. Yeah. I think he's been one of those people that either has never come across as being really personable and, and kind of a, a fun person, not really w- willing to play along. I think, you know, at this point, you know, the, the guy's got, you know, some other show that's been on for a couple of years now. And yet all anybody ever wants to talk about is friends with I'll him. I'll give and, him that. Yeah. And, but you know, I don't think Kelly even mentioned friends. I think she was she really trying have. just. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the thing about it is, is that, and that's the, the thing with a lot of, actors and and celebrities when you know when they have something that they are very well known for and they don't want to talk about it it just sort of rubs me the wrong way because i'm like look that thing that she's wanting to talk about is a reason why you are a celebrity it's why yeah. the reason why anybody knows who you are and so you i mean yes you can in your in the back of your head you can sort of grind your teeth and and hate the moment but you know, you're kind of doing when you're on a talk show. Yes, you're you're there to promote something that you're doing. But the whole thing is really kind of fan service. So the fans want to hear about this kind of stuff. There's just people are nostalgic. They always want to hear about the things that they love. And so just, you know, take the 90 seconds and talk about it. I mean, if they're going to if they're going to try to make the entire interview about something you did, you know, 20 years ago, then, yeah, that's that's bad on the interviewer's part. But, you know, at least humor them and have some fun yeah. with it and understand that, you know, you're there because you were on or did whatever project it was. Exactly. My favorite guest that was that's been on the show. Um, I mean, anyone who knows me really well knows I'm a big Chelsea Handler fan mm-hmm. and I love her. So I know she's not everyone's cup of tea as I hold yeah. a cup of tea in my hand. <laughs> uh, sorry, it's corny. Anyway, um, yeah, I feel like she was one of those people like I wasn't a fan of hers in her early career. I just thought she was some like, you know, stupid celebrity. You know, she had Chelsea lately. It was a very um, tabloidy kind of show. And I was not into that. And then I think around 2016, 2017, she had a Netflix miniseries and a talk show where she did a lot. It was a lot of it was all like nonfiction documentary based styles where she really just wanted to learn more about the world around her. And she kind of was like, yeah, I was a dumb celebrity back in the day and I still am. And I want to learn more and not be as stupid basically. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, she would have politicians on her show. She would talk about, um, drug, like legalization, like just like, like important and topics. Sure. And she would also throw in celebrities just to make it lighthearted, but there was also a lot of, you know, learning and unlearning on the show. And I, that's when I really started to like her. Um, there was still a lot of comedy involved and she's written a bunch of books. They're hilarious. Her most recent book has, was basically her as like a 45 year old first going to therapy for the first time. And that's, even though the book came out over a year ago, that's, she ended up being on Kelly's show right when the divorce announcement came out. Mm hmm. And they spent a lot of their conversation talking about mental health and therapy and stuff. And this was also on brand when I first started going to therapy. And I was just like, my two favorite people are talking about like, 
how miserable they are right now. And I am too. And we're all bonding over this. And it was just not that I want anyone to be miserable, but it was, no, I, I just really enjoyed that. They had like a really meaningful conversation. It wasn't just fluff. It was really talking about like their, what their issues going on at the moment. And it was kind of like a therapy session. It was kind of nice. And you don't really see that a lot on TV because I feel like a lot of these hosts want to make everything light and fun and fluffy and Mm -hmm. glamorous and, it's like, no, we're all kind of screwed up in some way, and that's okay. Yeah. So, um, sorry to get all Dr. Phil on everyone. Anyway, <laughs> that was my favorite guest, was Chelsea Handler. Uh, I and think- I really liked the interview with, um, I'm going to butcher her name, Mayim Balik. Is that what, it, is that what her name is? Mayim, Mayim Bialik. Bialik? Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I know she's blossom. People tell me I look like her, and I like kind of see it, but I don't. Mm, I don't, I don't really see it. But anyway, I liked her interview, too. Yeah. Even though I have known her. I mean, I know she's Blossom, and that's really all I... And she was on The Big Bang Theory. That's all yep. I know about her. I but mean, I liked that her was... interview. The, the, I think she's been on a few times, but the first time she was on, like, in the spring, like, yeah. in June. I mean, look, anyway. I mean, that's... I mean, those are really the two shows that Maya Bialik has been most known for. I mean, she kind of disappeared okay. from the entertainment industry for a long, long time. And I think it was because she went to get like her education or you know, college she's like or whatever. Like, she's like neuroscience or some crazy is, thing like that. She's she is brilliant. incredibly smart. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, those I mean, those are pretty much the two things that she's most known for anyway. So, yeah, I mean. That's what people are going to equate her to. Um, I think I don't know if I have a least favorite. I mean, I can kind of group in whenever Kelly has on kind of like a C-level celebrity where I really don't care about whatever they're going to be talking about. I know Kelly will do her best to uh, to sort of, you know, make the conversation interesting and and, you know, try to pull something out of it. I mean, that's what she and her research team are there for. Uh, but so, I mean, th- those kinds of interviews just make me not really want to tune into the show. I'll usually watch the Kelly Oki and, you know, I might fast forward through a couple of segments, but otherwise, you know, they all just kind of get lumped together as, uh, you know, the people that I'm just not all that interested to see just because I just don't care. Um, yeah. I, have, I have a very small window of time that I can even watch the show. So I don't have time to waste on like people that I just don't care about their stuff um feel that you know you know i go back to the carrie underwood interview being really disappointing because i just thought that it could have been so much more and again it's no fault of kelly or her team i mean i just really think that carrie and her team probably did not give her a lot to work with and so um it was just one of those things where i was like i mean this was the the interview that i was most wanting to see and and most looking forward to pretty much the whole year Um, because you just knew it was going to happen eventually. You knew the two of them were going to be on the show together and it really could have been a big musical moment and it just, you know, it was a wasted opportunity. And that's not to say that it may not happen someday. You know, maybe Carrie lightens up a little bit and uh, has some fun and just decides to give the people what they want, which it is what we all want. We all want to see just one time the two of them sing together, not in like a big group like they did on the the Idol show, but together like, we together. are one. <laughs> um, I think my favorite guest, I will watch the show every time Whitney Cummings is on. Because oh, she's good. Those she's two have so much fun together. I think Whitney's been on four times now, and they have the best. I mean, Whitney's funny, but they just have the best time together, and they're creating such a great rapport that it is 
awesome entertainment every time the two of them get on. So uh, I think Whitney is is definitely one of my favorite guests. All right. Shall we go to the next question? Yes. Let, let me find another question here. Will we ever do a full Wrapped in Red episode? That is from Joe. Uh, I mean, I don't know if there's a real way to drag this out other than to say yes. Uh, we will eventually <laughs> get to a Wrapped in Red album breakdown. Um, I know we, we talked a little bit about Christmas music, obviously, around the holidays last year, but uh, we're sort of we're going in order of the albums. And so I think once we get chronologically to Wrapped in Red, we will sort of uh, depending on regardless of what time of year it is, uh, we will throw on the Santa hats and uh, get festive up in here uh, with that. I was going to say at the earliest, it would probably be like Christmas 2021, but I really have no idea. Yeah, I'm just throwing it, out a it, random date. I mean, I would like to do it around the holidays. Is, I guess that would make sense, yeah. but we kind of just yeah, we'll have to plan it. We'll have to figure it out. We we try to we try to space out the album breakdowns just for you know we don't want to sort of uh, inundate everybody with you know these major heavy like you know breakdown episodes and and quite honestly they are a lot of work for us <laughs> because <laughs> they are <laughs> because you go back and you and you don't just go back and listen to the album like you go back and you really really listen. I mean I think for each time that I've. Uh, done my research for an album breakdown episode. I listened through the album at least three or four times front to back. And, and that's like, that's almost like three, they're almost like, an, like 45 minutes to an hour each. Yeah. And especially as we now get further into Kelly's career where we have special editions and extended editions and these ones that are going to have, you know, a lot more songs. I mean, we've got albums coming up that have like 20 songs on them. So, um, yeah, so they're, I mean, they're, they're going to be a lot, they're going to be a lot of work. And so, I mean, we really do, we're, we're trying to do this, you know, while it's a, Pam and I have said that for, you know, this whole time that this is a passion project for us and we really enjoy it. It is a lot of work because we're, we're doing it for you guys. You know, we want to, give you interesting information that either you may not have known before or that you can uh, use to make an informed decision about, you know, whether you want to go back and re-listen to an album and and really decide like, oh, yeah, you know, I haven't listened to this album in a while. I want to, you know, sort of hear it from a, a new perspective or, you know, hear it with 2020 uh, or 2021 uh, eyes now, so to speak. Um but yes, we will eventually get to Wrapped in Red. Like I said, we we do space those out uh, a bit. And, you know, we're only on my December. So we're only, what, three or four albums away from it. So it is entirely possible that we do get to it around uh, the holidays of 2021. Just if we're uh, if yeah. we're spanning it out in, you know, to every every one, uh, every two or three months that we do one. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah. Hope that answers your your question. All right. Next one. Long story say. short. Yes. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Too long, uh, didn't read. Favorite tour covers. This is from Alex. I mean, oh, I feel like we've we we've, we've kind of answered this, but I feel like there's always more to throw out because we we did the the cover episode. But these mm -hmm. are specific tour ones, which makes it a little bit different. Um, this one I would know, have actually had, had to research because I because I mean you got to literally go back and and see what yeah what songs I'm just, again I'm trying to think of just ones off the top of my head um, that I may or may not have mentioned in the cover episode. Um, Home by Mark Broussard will always be top notch for me. Mm -hmm. um, one that I kind of forgot about that kind of came to light recently was she recently did the uh, Kylie Minogue cover, Can't Get You Out of My Head. Mm -hmm. She did it on the Kelly Clarkson show and I forgot that for a second she did a mashup 
of that and if I can't have you. I forgot how much I love that. Oh, I need to find me a bootleg of that because I don't know if I ever heard it. It was during the All I Ever Wanted tour and I don't think she did it. I think she did it like she did it overseas. Like she didn't do it in the US. Yeah. Obviously you would have seen it. Yeah. Um I don't remember which leg it was, but she did it for like a hot minute and it's really damn good. And I, would I forgot it was, about that. I would assume it was probably the Australian leg of the tour. Probably because she's she's Australian, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. So that another one that I forgot about, and this is like super random. Do you remember she did a, a cover? It might have been that same tour. Um, the Promise went in Rome. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember I feel that. Like it's such a random cover, and it's one of my favorites mm-hmm. that I always forget about. Yeah. So I'm gonna throw that out there that I know I did not mention in the covers episode. Yeah, a couple of the ones that I've mentioned. I mean, look, uh, piece by piece tour when she did um, Purple Rain. I mean, that's gonna be on my list every single time. Another one that I can think of off the top of my head, and I know I've mentioned this in a previous episode, was on the. All I ever wanted to her, she did a cover of Rod Stewart's Some Guys Have All the Luck, and she switched it around to do Girls Have All the Luck. And I I loved that cover. I loved it with uh, with her on vocals and Jill and Kate on background, uh, covering the the woos, so to speak, in the song. <laughs> the woos, woo. <laughs> yes, exactly. I didn't want to do it, so thank you for doing it for I, me. I did it. Yeah, uh, you're, I really, you're welcome. I really, really like that cover. I, I love watching uh, the video of that cover from my particular show. Uh, that one always stands out to me as one that it's just a, it's a fun song, and I and I love her little twist on it. So yeah, that's a, that's a big one for me. I mean, look, I can easily you know go through yeah. and and find ones from from every tour, but let's just let's just keep talking about all all I ever wanted because I forgot how much I loved the Seven Nation Army cover. Yes. Oh my god. Oh, that I, I always mean, forget about that, even though it was like so iconic for her. Everybody was about that cover during that uh, that era, like tw- twenty two thousand nine, two thousand ten. Yeah. Oh, yeah. the microphone. Yes. The microphone. Oh my god! I like distorted her voice, and I'm like, yes. And was that was. The the All I Ever Wanted Tour was that the light up microphone that had like yes, the, the it lights was like in bedazzle. it. Was it like it was it, 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 yeah, it was lit up. It lit up, yeah. Um, it was like red or something. Mm-hmm. I think. Oh my god! I think it went, I think I it like went all that's different where colors. My start. I think that's like where my start of like hearing some sort of like distorted vocal, like my love for it came because uh-huh. like as we know, I'm a sucker for medicine and that has that kind of mm-hmm. vibe to it as well. And apparently, that's the thing I like. Um, but yeah, Semination Army. Good choice. A plus. So, yeah, we're just going to go with favorite all I ever wanted covers, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> um, apparently the yeah, best cover, the best tour question. for covers was that show, that tour. Go figure. Yeah. All, all right. right. Uh, let's grab another question here from Saray, I believe it's pronounced. Uh, what favorite style of music uh, that Ke- uh, Kelly sings? What is your favorite style of music that Kelly sings? Rock, soul, pop, etc. Um, I mean, look, I'm... I'm all about like a, a great pop song from Kelly. Um, but as she gets older, I mean, let's all be honest. Kelly is approaching her forties and I, I think I'm getting more into like the R and B vibe. I mean, I'm not talking about like true, like soul R and B because I don't think she'll go quite that far. I think she'll, she'll always be a pop singer, but I really do like um, when she kind of gets soulful. I mean, look, the Meaning of Life album. I always say that 
the the meaning of life album is like a grown up version of thankful because they they really do complement each other pretty well. In fact, if you were if you knew nothing about her music and somebody only handed you those two albums, you would be like, wow, this is a really, really good soul singer. Like, you know, she does a really good job. And then, of course, you've got the the body of work in the middle, which is very, very pop focused. Uh, but those two albums, uh, I think, is one of the reasons why I like them so much. It's just because they are, in fact, so soulful. Um, so, yeah, that's I think I'm going to go with like kind of R&B soul as, as my favorite. Nice. Um, I think I'm going to go with the rockier stuff. Surprise. Had a feeling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, how predictable. Yeah. I, um, I know I'm like, I feel like I say the same thing every episode. Um, but yeah, no, I would definitely go with more like, um, you know, again, like the sessions at AOL 2004, like that vibe where it's still, I mean, the good thing about her is like, she still kind of like embodies everything into one. So even if she does like a soul song, there might be a little bit of like, a rock vibe to it or vice versa. So like, for example, sessions at AOL, that was very pop rock, but like her voice is still at, you know, she can still wail something and it can still sound a little soulful, but yeah, I'm going to go with more of the rock vibe, more of the, um, that stuff. I'm trying to think of other examples of like more like pop rock. Um, I don't know. Like I'm trying to think, what are some other examples? Of she, I mean, really like, anything like for example like all I, all I ever wanted the song I feel like kind of embodies all of that mm-hmm. do you kind of get what I'm saying yeah it has the pop it has a little bit of like the soul funkish in it and it, there's a lot of it's a it's a rock there's a lot of rock influence on it yeah um I'm gonna go with rock I'm kind of rambling I don't really know where I'm getting at with this but <laughs> well and I I sort of disagree sometimes with with music critics and, and musicologists in general in that I really think that since you've been gone is a rock song it is. I think it it's, really it's is. Very it's very much a rock heavy. song. Yeah. I mean, everybody's like, oh, my God, it's like one of the greatest pop songs ever. And I'm like, yeah, but it, honestly, it's kind of a rock song if you really, really think about it. If you like break down the different layers uh-huh. to the song and like uh-huh. listen to it instrumentally, like I'm not I'm not kidding you. How many thousands upon thousands of times have I heard that song a mm-hmm. lot? And as soon as I got a really good pair of headphones a couple of years ago. I would like listen and I hear just different parts of the song that I was never able to hear because I would always just listen on like the radio. And but there's like it's I'm not going to say it's a complex song because it's not, but there's like a lot to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a good example. Yeah, I mean, Hazel Eyes, it's very like it's it's you know, there's still a lot of rock in that as well. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I'm trying to think my December. I mean, Never Again's not my favorite song, but. I mean, I like the vibe. I like the angry vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to go with that. I, I'm a sucker. If, if she were to do like a, you know, Liz Fair, Fiona Apple, Alanis Marset vibe album, I mean, I would mm-hmm. be like the first in line to buy it. Well, and that's what I'm wondering about this next album, just because it is going to be so personal and um, so heavy. I'm interested to hear what sort of genre is the sort of lead genre you know is it going to be is it going to be more of like a soulful um you know more downbeat album because she is talking about some sad things or is it going to be a little more closer to the rock um Alanis Morissette you want to know type of vibe I'm praying for the latter Mm -hmm. but I know a lot of people would go for the former and there's nothing wrong with either choice yeah um maybe for all of our sakes it'll be a little bit of both yeah 
That's right. fine by me. Yeah. I'm really itching for a new album. Oh, guys. Sp- I, I mean, of- I know like it's it's annoying because we're getting so much still like Christmas mm-hmm. stuff and the Jake Hoot song, but I'm still like, but what about Kelly's original stuff? Like yeah. the album I want I, so badly. And I think it's worse because we all know it's there. We all know it's been recorded. We all know that we're yeah. just sort of waiting for whenever Kelly and Atlantic decide that, you know, the time is right to unleash the album. I'm just like, you know, the, the, as Tom Petty once said, waiting is the hardest part. So, um, <laughs> Atlantic, if you're listening, the time is now. The time is now. We need this album right now. We need it. Um, sort of, uh, sort of dovetailing a little bit onto this topic about, uh, you know, favorite styles. I will say that thinking about the tours, one of my favorite tours, and I believe it was the All I Ever Wanted tour. Was that the tour that she had the horn section on For tour the first with her? Time, yeah. Yeah. That was so much fun. I love a good, like, either rock or pop horn section. Um, it just, there's, it just adds so much. I mean, and I think it was the, the, the All I Ever Wanted tour when she had like 10 people on stage with her and it was just this big sound. Um, I really love, that whole vibe. And I know that that was a, you know, that was a big pop album era. And so, you know, that is more of a popular sound, but man, I'm all about bring me in some, some horns, bring me in some strings. Like I want to, I want to hear like what happens when she gets a really, really big band behind her, not a big band in the sense of like older, like, you know, stuff like that there. Yeah. Like not like a, an Ella Hutton or, you know, Glenn Miller type big band, but like a big, large band behind her with lots of instrumentation. I just think it would sound really incredible. Uh, another question we got here from Amy, it says, what hasn't Kelly done yet that you would like for her to do? I feel like we've got something similar to this before and I'm just like Broadway, Broadway, Broadway. Um, but that's not happening anytime soon. That's a good question. I don't know. I mean, Broadway, Um, the Broadway thing is very much out there. I mean, I think there's two. I think there is two very popular answers for this question in the fandom. I think, first of all, Broadway is is one. And I think the country album is another big one from people. I know that it's not everybody's cup of tea. It's not necessarily what everybody wants. But I think she has just been inching so much towards this that um, a lot of people do want it just to see what it would sound like. I mean, we've we've almost gotten enough one-off material that we could sort of cobble together a, a country yeah. album. Uh, just, I mean, between... I, I, I mean, are we considering the Jay Coot song a country song? Yeah. I mean, yeah. he's a country artist. We have yeah. that. We have Tied Up, which I don't think she would ever perform ever again for got, obvious reasons, yeah, but we have, whatever. We have don't Rush. <laughs> don't uh, we Rush. Have don't um, You Want to Stay. Uh, we've got... Keeping the, Score. Yeah, we've got the stuff... She, yep. We have the stuff she did with Reba. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, you've, you've almost got a full country album. Trisha there. Yearwood. Yep. Um, multiple Reba and Trisha Yearwood songs. I'll just <laughs> add like one or two more in there. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, there's probably more. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, she's, she has more than dipped her toe into that water. And I just Martina think, McBride. Yep. Sorry. I just keep thinking of yeah, things. Yeah. Okay. No, they're, they're going to keep coming. <laughs> um, so I, yeah, I think that there is, um, there is that out there. I think mine is going to be a little bit of a of an out there kind of a thing. And I know not a lot of people are, are fans of these kinds of albums, but I would be very interested to have a duets album from her. I was afraid you were going to say like a children's album. I was like, no, no. no. <laughs> I, 
I was I like, honestly, please just stop. No, I honestly think that that moment is past because her kids are old enough now. Like once your kids get to like four and five, you're kind of past the whole like lullaby, like kids album yeah. type of a vibe. Like if, you know, Remy and, and River were still like, you know, two or three years old. Yeah, you might see it. And she, you know, she did do like the one lullaby for the book. And I mean, I think that sort of was all we really needed from that. But, you know, the more I thought about it, you know, a couple of artists have come out with duets albums and I'm and I'm really into those. I love hearing collaborations with different people. And I would love for her to to go away from some of the people that she normally would be associated with. Like, I, I don't want another John Legend duet i honestly i don't want another reba duet um you know i would love to hear a, a her and garth duet um hell i would hear a kelly and post malone duet honestly yeah I mean, like i, I want to hear random yeah i want to hear some like out there stuff that you know we were not expecting you know throw in maybe a, a like a Kristen bell or an adina menzel or somebody who's kind of out there that you wouldn't expect to be on a duets album that you know can really like carry a tune um i don't know i i, I kind of want to see that um just because i'm very interested in i mean yes i would be interested in a country album yes i would be interested in a broadway production and and cast album but um i think the duet album would be the one that i would go towards and didn't Re- so for reba's um duet album was it mainly originals and then they decided to re- just recut because of you because they didn't end up doing a lot like you I don't have because that what, record, so I don't know. Yeah, off the top the, of my, head. my point being, I just I would want her to just do if we if I like the duet out, I like that idea, and I would definitely want people again people that she hasn't duetted with before. Like I don't again, yeah, we don't need the Rebas, the Trishas, the anyone from the Voice, really. Yeah. Um, but I would want all like original songs as well. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, oh, the Blake Shelton Christmas song. There's another one we can throw in there. there you Sorry. Go. I'm yep. thinking of country people. Um, like half of this album as, is a Christmas album, by the way. <laughs> honestly, it really is. And as far as a country album, like, I feel like I've said, like, I'm, I'm not on board and I would be on board. I just, I feel like for me, some of the country stuff that she has come out with, it's been like fine, but not like my favorite mm-hmm. vibe. I feel like me, I mean, again, this is all just my opinion, but. My two favorite country people, like acts, are Little Big Town and Miranda Lambert. Miranda Lambert is essentially almost like pop rock. Let's be honest. Yeah. So that's probably why I like it, um, with a little bit of country flair. So I would be on board with like that vibe. And then Little Big Town is kind of like a modern day Fleetwood Mac. So I would be on board with something like that vibey. Um, also, do doing a duet with Little Big Town. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, I would freak out. I'd be interested that to hear like so a. Good. Like a Casey Musgraves or yeah. a Marin Morris. I think those yeah. two would be really good with her. That'd be solid. Yeah. Just just um, add Kelly to the high women. <laughs> seriously. Oh, my God. Like, I remember, like, a year or two ago, I saw Miranda Lambert, and it was, like, the most epic lineup. It was, like, Miranda, Marin, Pistolanis, Ashley McBride, and, mm-hmm. like, it was just like, a bunch of really cool people on the bill. It's a solid like, show. Kelly would f- Kelly would fit in here yeah. really well. Yeah, it was a so it was such a good show. I mean, look, I, I really think that any genre she could nail. She really, I mean, with the exception of like you know metal, um, but I mean, I mean, I, I would still love like a that would be interesting to do have a, a you know a duet with her and like Trent Reznor. That'd be kind of cool. Hey, you know what? Trent Reznor is a really like 
unique and yeah. versatile guy. I don't exactly. Know if, I don't think I don't know if most people know this, but if you watch that movie Soul, the Disney, the new Disney movie, Trent Reznor did the music for that movie. Did he really? He did. Like it's Trent Reznor and John Baptiste, who's the band leader for Stephen oh, yeah. Colbert. Um, they were the ones who did the music for that movie, and it's amazing. It is so Trent, good. Trent Reznor, for those who don't know, is the uh, the main guy from Nine Inch Nails. Yeah. So it's not necessarily like Kelly's like main genre, but no. um, but you I know she knows something. him. You know she knows him, and she knows his music. So oh, of course. Um, but. I think that'd be kind of cool. I have I share a birthday with him. I just want to point that out. Oh, hey. So I don't know if that means anything, but um, <laughs> yeah, or like that, or like I mean, obviously, like she's not gonna do you know like do like a duet with like corn or something, but like no. I feel like that vibe would be kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, I'm throwing I, out random '90s acts that I like here. Sorry. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, I I would be all about a big band album. I think that that would sound amazing. Um, you know, you you give me like a. Um, Oh man, now I'm just sitting here thinking about a big band album. Man, that would be good. Just an old time like crooning. Yes. Maybe she should do a Christmas album that's in the style of big band. That'd be kind of cool. Like old style, like an old fashioned Christmas album. Yeah, that I would be on board with. Interesting. I like it. Yeah. Kelly, get can't come on. Listen, <laughs> this is what the fans want. The, these ideas are just going to keep coming. I'm telling you. I know. She's going to be like, oh, my God, these are awful ideas. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> oh, and I, and I guess anyway. sort of, you know, maybe the one that uh, a lot of people might also want is a covers album. Yeah. That, I'm, you seem, you seem I'm not curious. committal about that. I'm just curious, like what? What I'm just curious what she would cover. Like there are so many like and maybe this is an episode down the road for for the podcast is what covers specifically Kelly Clarkson show covers because those always end up being about 90 seconds long. Which one of those would you like to have a full version? Oh, that would be a good one, because I mean, there's been plenty of those where I am not satisfied after just 90 seconds. We need an episode on that. All right, we'll write it or down. Or like at least a segment, not this episode. Yeah. By the way, speaking no, of uh, songs that you know we want full versions of, we already actually have a full version of this, but I do want to give a special shout out uh, a couple weeks ago for Martin Luther King Jr. Day. She brought <gasps> back Up to the Mountain, and it was, I mean, I had my hands in the air. I was like, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> so it was so good to hear that song again by her. It was good to hear her sing it in a different way. Uh, than, you know, the version that we've been sort of ingraining in our head over all these years. So it was really, really cool to hear that. And again, it's another one of those cases where Kelly finds a moment and she has the perfect song for it. You know, we talked about this when uh, we were saying how, you know, she could have uh, that night at Idol, she could have performed Never Again, but instead she picks this Patty Griffin song and the night of the hurricane benefit. She could have found one of her own songs. She finds a Ray LaMontagne song. Uh, she always has like the right song in her arsenal for the right moment. And I don't think that, you know, there could have been a better song that she could have put there. I saw like a couple people be like just basically comparing the 2007 version to the talk show one and like which one's better. I'm like, they're very different. Like, yeah. you know, they're just very different because um, the Idol version was a full song. Well, actually, I think they were both full performances. They did a unique thing on the talk show where they did a longer version. Usually yeah. they do like the minute. This was like a solid two and a half. Yeah, but, but I also think it, it, was, it got stretched out because they interspersed the uh, the speeches oh, from Martin true. Luther King. So that's why it might have gotten stretched out. 
that's true. But they were also just the the arrangements were were very different. The idol mm-hmm. version was ju- essentially her and Jeff Beck, yep. I think, and that, that might have been it. Whereas the talk show was like the full band. It was just a different setup. So I don't really know if there is a better version. They're just different, and they're both fantastic. Yeah, they're, oh you really God. couldn't I was go wrong. So excited watching that. They, she did such a good job. Yeah, and I almost I, I didn't even know what the song was, but I, I saw the uh, the clip on YouTube, and I just saw the thumbnail, and I saw her, you know, sort of bast in the light with the uh, the projection of Martin Luther King on the on the floor, and I said that's got to be up to the mountain. Like I just I, I I without even watching this video, I know that that's what that's going to be, and I was so glad that I was right because, again, like I said, it was very very cool to hear that song again. Yeah. So our last question comes from Amber, and it's it's a really tough question it's um who's your been your favorite kelly collaboration i mean she's sung with so many different people and um you know one of my favorites was with josh grobin all i ask of you yeah that was just a stunning performance um another another person she's performed with twice it's someone i've mentioned in, in this this episode that you know the performances itself may have not been um, the most spectacular necessarily, but they, it's just with someone I really, really enjoy and admire. I'm, I'm a big Miranda Lambert fan mm-hmm. and she's performed with Miranda twice. The first time, uh, I don't remember where it was. I think it was during like the stronger era at one of, at some concert she performed, Gun, I think she performed Gunpowder and Lead with Miranda. I need to double check that. Uh-huh. Um, and it just, I don't think we have like a great audio of it, which is like such a bummer, but um, it's always one of my favorites. I'm going to look gun, hold on, gun, powder, and let's see. I really prepped, guys. Kelly Clarkson, <laughs> let's say. I really, yeah. Okay, so Kelly Clarkson, Miranda Lambert sing Gunpowder and Lead. It was at one of, it was at Miranda's show. They also sing Stronger. Okay, that's right. Mm-hmm. It was in 2012. Um, so I just, you know, I really like they have the two of my they're, they're like my two favorite female vocalists so i enjoyed that and then they also did a performance at one of the many country shows award shows that there are um they did something with with reba did they do fancy again i'm not prepared that's this is where youtube on my phone comes in handy <laughs> kelly clarkson miranda lambert see guys i don't know everything fancy it's not coming up. They definitely did something together. Oh, here it is. Kelly Clarkson and mother-in-law Reba McIntyre sing Fancy. And Miranda Lambert's in the photo. Um, yeah. There you go. It was at 2014. Which country award show? American Country Count. Oh, I've never even heard of this award show. American Country Countdown Awards. So that, that's like the seventh award show they have like every year. There is a country award anyway, show every month. I, I don't get me started. There all. really is. I'm convinced. <laughs> I don't understand why. But anyway, yeah. Um, so I love again. I love hearing Kelly and Miranda together. It hasn't really happened much, and I would actually love to hear that on an album. Although considering Kelly is like BFFs with Blake, I don't know if that's going to be happening ever. But a girl could wish. And yeah, the, all I all I ask of you with John Grobin is always a beautiful performance. So. Yeah. I was, I got to say that mine is one that it's another one of those songs that I think uh, didn't get the right amount of, of publicity. And again, I might have to start a, a justice for hashtag here, but I really liked her 
performance with Ben Haynow for uh, Secondhand Heart. Did, they never did it live, though, did they? I don't think they did. Obviously, it was just the uh, the recorded version. But that song was so underappreciated that it's almost it's almost unfortunate because you know. And I don't I don't know if he's got a bigger career overseas than than here in the states, but. I just thought that it was a really, really good performance. I thought it was um, a fantastic song and deserved more airplay than it got. So uh, that was a I good agree. one for me. Yeah. And then I have to say, I really did love, and maybe it's I'm jaded because I love the song, but I really did love her uh, her duet with Cara Diaguardi on The Sun Will Rise. Yeah. I thought the two of them are Absolutely. really, really good together. And I thought they blended really well. Um, but at the same time, like, it's so hard to pick this because show me one that, you know, did not sound good. You know, she she is so good with bringing herself to a place where she matches really well with another artist. I mean, I can tell you that I think I love her and Vince Gill together. I loved her and Rascal Flats together. I loved her and Dan and <gasps> Shay together. Rascal Flats, that performance was so good. Yeah. What hurts the most? That was yes. so good. I mean, and, and fun fact for those of you who don't know, she was actually supposed that was supposed to be a duet on their record with her and Kel- with her and Rascal Flats, and scheduling didn't work out, so they just kept it as a straight Rascal Flats song. But we did get to see what the duet would have sounded like when they performed it together. That was um, a missed opportunity. It really was. Yeah. It's unfortunate that they, they couldn't make that work. But I mean, again, show me, you know, even songs that are not the greatest, like a, a run, run, run with her and John legend. I mean, they, it's still like, they, they still both sound really, really good together. You just got to find the right song. Um, yeah. But either way, I, I think that you really can't go wrong if you're going to have her on an, on, on a song. That's amen to that. Yeah. Cool. All right. I think that is it for mailbag number two. Yes. Uh, you can always keep your questions rolling in uh, to our email address, missindopodcast at gmail.com. You can also send us questions anytime you want on our social media channels. Uh, we are at Miss Into Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, make sure you hit us up with any and all questions that you might have, and uh, we might just answer your question on a future mailbag episode. Excellent. Um, this is usually sometimes where we preface next week's episode, but fun fact, we have no idea what we're doing. So no you're going to have to wait. It'll you're be a surprise. Wait. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, I hope you enjoyed today's episode and we will talk to you next week. Thanks, guys. See ya. You've been listening to Miss Indie Podcast, the Kelly Clarkson fan podcast. Miss Indie Podcast was written and produced by Jeremy and Pam. Remember to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you'll be the first to know when a new podcast is posted. Continue the conversation by following the podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Miss Indie Podcast. Send us your questions and comments to Miss Indie Podcast at gmail.com. 